They want to leave feeling changed. So if I'm selling insurance, for example, I'm not going to talk about, you know, what happens if you get rear-ended by someone who fell asleep at the wheel in traffic. I'm going to talk about how by buying this insurance, <laughs> you are securing your legacy for generations to come. You know, you're promising future generations wealth, health, happiness. That is tapping into something emotional and visceral. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones. Copywriter Olivia Carson joins me on the podcast today to discuss crafting copy with soul. While our conversation focuses mostly on website copy, Olivia also drops some tips for other copywriting activities like writing Instagram captions. One other quick announcement, last week we launched our spring line of website designs, including two new full website designs and what might end up becoming our most popular add-on page, the Family Portrait Guide. And for a few more days, you can save 25% on any website design in the shop. Just head on over to davianchrista.com forward slash shop. Be sure to check out the show notes at davianchrista.com for the resources that we mentioned during the episode. And we want to hear from you. Let us know what kind of content you'd like to see on the Brands That Book podcast as we move forward. To leave your feedback, just send us a DM on Instagram at davianchrista. Now, on to the episode. All right, we're live with another episode of the Branset Book Podcast. I am joined today by copywriter Olivia Carson to discuss one of the most popular subjects on the podcast, copywriting. Welcome. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I hope we can answer some questions and dispel some fears when it comes to putting pen to paper. Yeah, absolutely. And we were just talking about how, I mean, of course, there are copywriting podcasts out there, but it's just something that we could talk about over and over and over again. Because I think for many of us who are more visually oriented, words can just feel difficult. But I would say that I like writing, but I still, there's certain aspects of copywriting that I think are still challenging for me, especially when you have to write about yourself. That's not my comfort zone, for instance. Right. And that would not be the first time I've heard that. I had somebody put it this way before, so I can't claim that I created this or came up with this idea by myself. But somebody said that writing for your own business is kind of like why surgeons don't operate on their own children. Like you're just blinded by love. You're way too close and it's just 
better to let somebody else handle it. Yeah. It's hard because you can't see the forest through the trees sometimes when it comes to your own business. So, Yeah. I think that makes a ton of sense. I think even for designers, like we've had We've had designers come to us, typically not website designers or brand designers, but people who feel comfortable with design, like, you know, just graphic designers who feel like they should be able to create their own website, but they're just like, I, you know, I can't for whatever reason pull this together. And of course, there's some like nuances to, you know, each niche of design as well. But I think something similar is at work, right? Where it's just, it's hard to do things for yourself sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, but today we're talking about sales copy, which I feel like a skill that, I think everybody should at least try to refine, even if they're not going to be writing their own sales copy, right? I think it's just one of the most important things that you can learn in business. So I'm excited to dive into that. First though, as a new guest to the podcast, you have to tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, how your business got started. Like, how'd you find yourself in this copywriting world? I have a background as a wedding and portrait photographer. Little did I know before I became a full-time copywriter, I had been kind of building this audience over the last 10 years shooting. And I work and live in Seattle, Washington. Great place to be. And we have a incredible community of photographers and creatives out here. And I was building my wedding photography business through college. I never went full-time with it. I never really wanted to. And I felt you know, not to like dog on myself or anything, but I never felt like I kind—I had quite the stuff to be like one of the greats, basically. And I was okay with that. So I really appreciated the time and space that I got to spend with, you know, my couples. I really loved all that I got to sort of pour into them. And, you know, I was going to college at the same time. I went to the University of Washington here in Seattle, studied marketing and communications because I've always been like the entrepreneurial type. And in my senior year of my undergrad, I took a couple of fiction writing courses and electives kind of just to fill out the degree, sort of that senior spring. And turns out like all the writing majors at my college were like kick-ass people and fell in love with the whole romanticism of being like a writer and got my first job out of college. I ended up at a newspaper. And I was doing advertising sales at the newspaper, which was just a nightmare for a lot of reasons. (laughs) But I was able to sort of like cowboy that position into not being a journalist, but being someone who would write paid editorial for advertisers. It's kind of like if you've ever seen an ad sort of in disguise on BuzzFeed, like here are five recipes that we created using Velveeta cheese sort of thing. Yeah, sure. It's a lot like that. So it's, we call it native advertising, native to the newspaper. So it would look like an article for an advertiser. So I was writing a lot of those advertorial pieces. And after that, left that job, went to a credit union where I ended up writing my first campaign, my first marketing campaign that had over a million dollars in revenue at the credit union, you know, selling auto loans, home loans, all sorts of that. So not to sell myself short, but it was actually pretty easy to get up to a million dollars in revenue selling houses and stuff in the Seattle area. But anyway, eventually I had like a come to Jesus moment at that job because I was getting really, really, really into copywriting at the time. And my boss was basically like, 
shape up or ship out. Like you are not paying attention enough at this job at the credit union. So you got to choose. Do you want to invest here or go off on your own? Please do it. So yeah, that was about a year ago, like actually almost to the day. It was probably in February of 2021 that I went full-time as a writer. But all of that being said, like there were little sort of nuggets and bits of writing in my past. And in my corporate career, I was always the one who my peers and coworkers would come to to say like, can you make this sound pretty? Like, can you zhuzh it up sort of thing? And I was always really happy to have that role, I guess. It made me feel good. And then, yeah, it's one of those times when it's like, when you're doing the right thing, it feels easeful. Like it feels like it comes really organically and naturally. And with that hindsight, you can look back and see all the times that sort of the universe was sort of like knocking at the door. (laughs) Yeah. And for whatever reason, you would ignore it or whatever. But long story short, now I work with lots of folks in the wedding industry. I work with just makers and creatives of all kinds. Like I will never stop working with this type of person because it's who I am. And ultimately what I try to help a lot of creatives realize, especially when it comes to copywriting, is that there's this understanding with copywriting that in order to sell something, you have to do it very efficiently and concisely. And that's true to an extent. But I think a lot of like a lot of the understanding is that, you know, you can't sort of wax poetic ever. You know, you have to just keep it short and sweet because no one has the attention span to read anything anymore. And what I have found is that your words should match the beauty of the work you share with the world. And that's kind of where I'm creating this. It feels weird to say movement. That sounds really self-important. But I really want to help a lot of creative people realize that. Like you, people want to partner and align with a visionary nowadays. And that is what I set out to do. Awesome. So moving more from this corporate setting to working with mostly creatives, a lot of wedding industry businesses, have you found that a lot of the same principles carry over that you've learned in, you know, for instance, like selling insurance or car loans or whatever it was that you were doing previously? Short answer, yes. Sure. I think a lot of times, this is something that I still find myself challenged by as a professional writer. It's like, can you think of anything less sexy than insurance? (laughs) (laughs) Like just in case, you know, just in case you die or whatever, your property gets destroyed. Like who wants to think about that? Sure. I find that the principle that carries over from any sort of like conversion copywriting, compelling writing, is that people want an experience. They want a transformation. They want to leave feeling changed. So if I'm selling insurance, for example, I'm not going to talk about, you know, what happens if you get rear-ended by someone who fell asleep at the wheel in traffic. I'm going to talk about how by buying this insurance, (laughs) you are securing your legacy for generations to come. You know, you're promising future generations wealth, health, happiness. That is tapping into something emotional and visceral. And the same goes for wedding photography as well. This is just, you know, I'm, I'm writing for a couple different wedding photographers this week. So it's fresh on my mind. And I know that's a big part of your audience as well. But like wedding pictures, the actual pictures, it's a means to an end. 
But what they're actually getting by aligning with you and partnering with you is that element of legacy, that element of promise and honoring something that's generations in the making and all the rest. Yeah. So we used to way back in the day shoot as well. When I first started getting into business, I, you know, I thought, okay, people, what people care about is like how many images they get or, Mm -hmm. you know, the type of camera that I'm shooting on. And it's like, you know, we end up shooting film. So people will actually ask out of curiosity what we were shooting on, you know, like what, what kind of camera is that? Mm -hmm. But no one actually cared what kind of camera we were shooting on. Right. You know, like most people, unless they had some sort of like photography background wanted to talk about the camera we were using to create the images. You know, they wanted us to work with us because, you know, they saw the images and, you know, maybe the emotion that invoked or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I think that there is that general shift of like figuring out what are, you know, more features versus like what are the benefits of working with, you know, whoever it is that you're hiring. Yeah. Yeah. Like they want the story to be told. You know, they want to remember how the day felt and how it looked. They want both, but it's so much more about remembering than it is. Here are the line items of deliverables that you receive. Like that's not sexy, you know? Sure. And I'm using sexy as a big like blanket sort of term here just to mean like what is actually going to help sell yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe this is a good opportunity to sort of start talking about just sales copy in general and what it is that, that you're selling. So maybe you could sort of define for us to a certain extent what sales copy is and where it should be used. Talking about it in the context of maybe the wedding industry is just a good place to start because I think there is this this idea that, oh, it's like a wedding photographer, we don't need sales copy. If I run a venue, no, I don't, I don't need sales copy. So maybe you could speak to that a little bit. Venue in particular, yes, of course you need sales copy. Everybody does. And I'll first start by defining copy in the first place because we're really throwing that word around. So I want to be safe and ensure that it's very clear. But it's essentially just like any writing that you do for your business. Copywriting interchanged with the term copy, just any writing that you do for your business. And sales copy kind of gets to be getting into that nebulous area a little bit where, you know, like brand and website copywriting is more expository, like you're explaining what it is that you do. But at at the end of the day, it is writing that helps sell who you are and what your business shows up to do, essentially. And there are definitely more sales-driven copywriting pieces, like, for example, a sales page. So say you are selling an online course or a mastermind. I'm thinking of a lot of like education programs, things like that, where you really need to, in the copy, convey, you know, not only what you're getting, but what you can expect to really receive. And that's kind of the difference that we were just talking about between the actual deliverables versus the transformation that you will experience. So all of that being said, I think all copy at the end of the day helps sell you as a service provider, as a business, as an individual who can bring value to somebody else. But there are other pieces of copywriting that are definitely more sales driven, but just as a whole, great copy can sell you no matter the context. So 
in terms of like wedding photographers, for example, there's so many different opportunities that we can use great copy to sell. So I, I mean, of course, I'm going to start with your website. And I think that your website offers a beautiful opportunity, beautiful opportunity to really sh- sort of show your brushstrokes. And but what I mean by that is to really like, <laughs> what just came to mind for me is like, let your freak flag fly sort of thing. But what I mean by that is to show your voice. And if you think about it, as a wedding photographer, like you're going to be following your couples around like all day long. So this is an opportunity to show your personality and do so unapologetically because it's getting into that idea of sort of that attract and repel marketing. And, you know, the last thing I want you to think of is like my personality could repel people, but I mean, you really want to show your voice and all of its glory so that people can discern who they're going to be around on their wedding day all day. Who's going to be capturing them? What is the perspective through which you see the world? And when I write for wedding photographers, I really do put a lot of emphasis on that. You know, considering how much choice is available when it comes to wedding photographers just out in the world these days, the difference between all of us is our philosophy, is our approach and how we see the world and how we kind of put that to words. You know, we can all, so many of us, like even in sort of the fine art luxury community, so many of us can say that we shoot on a contact 645 and we shoot with Fujifilm. But now that's not differentiating us as much as it used to. So now we have to go one step beyond that. Why do you show up to do what you do? Why are you singular? What do you have that no one else can claim? What moved you to take on this work in the first place? Like there's a reason that you came here. You put a camera in your hands, like instead of something else. Why? Let's talk about that. And, you know, how do you see the world? What inspires you? What inspires you about the story that you're documenting? Like all of those things are what will differentiate you. And then once you define your brand voice, which is how you present in the written word, what are the words you actually say and the vocabulary you use and the cadence of your speech? That's kind of the frosting. That's sort of the icing on top of it all, which You know, there's the philosophy that is going to be really attractive on an emotional level, on a transformation level. And then the personality that you bring, again, is that icing on top. Like, do I actually feel like attracted to this person? Is this somebody that I want to invest in? Could this person be my friend? Could this person be a trusted colleague of mine, depending on the audience that you're trying to reach? So Website, of course, stands out for me in a really big way when it comes to sales copy for wedding photographers because everybody has one. But there are so many others that you should really invest time and energy into as well, like, you know, writing newsletters for your email list, Instagram captions. I'm a big advocate for writing beautiful, intentional Instagram captions. You know, if you have products or programs that you offer, sales pages, that's where we get into more of that very sales-driven copy. There are so many different things. But I think website, getting your website aligned with personality, promise, and position is a really great way to tap into the power of copy as a wedding photographer. 
Yeah, no, I, I really like those three things in particular that you were mentioning. And, you know, it seems like just all good copy should move people in a given direction or move people to take a specific action, right? Like you suggested, certain pages, like a sales page for a course, is going to be more, it, maybe it's going to come off as more salesy in a way. But I think in other ways too, like, you know, a sales page versus like a services page, they're going to contain a lot of the same elements. And I think a lot of times, visual artists, especially people in the creative space, think that their work is going to speak for itself, or for lack of a better way to put it. And that's often not the case, right? I think that the words that we include on our website, I mean, I think especially when we're thinking about website design in particular, I was just talking to photographers about this recently, where getting images together for a website project is easy. And a lot of times it is the aesthetics of a website that draws to a particular website. But, you know, I think if people pay a little bit more close attention to the websites that really, I don't know, they really love. Oftentimes, you know, it's the words on the website as well. I mean, that's half of it, right? I mean, it's the images and copy that ultimately make that. And I think that, you know, in the website design process in particular, a lot of times it's the copy that drives the design of the website. It's not actually the imagery that does that. Of course, it's oversimplified to a certain extent to say that copy totally drives the design, but it kind of does. So I just told a photographer that of all the website design projects we've done, anybody who's ever hired a copywriter has never regretted it. You know, <laughs> like, yes, it's an investment, but they've never regretted it. So I definitely think that there's a certain value to copy that is sometimes overlooked by people in the creative industry, at least. Yes. That's very welcome. That's very welcome news to hear that no one has ever regretted it. <laughs> yeah. They just, I mean, it really does up-level a website for sure. I think you really nailed it with, it's something that I hear a lot that our work visually speaks for itself. I want to say that's true, but at the same time, it's not because... I mentioned before, there's so much choice available now, especially when it comes to wedding photographers, that sometimes unless your style is truly, truly like very singular, that they can identify it, that it is yours, you have something incredible. But I don't know how many of us, just being totally honest, like I, I mentioned before, I, I never felt like as a photographer, I was going to be like, I was never going to, I don't know that I was ever going to reach that level. So I, I had to have that honesty with myself. And I wonder if, you know, some of us could use that copy to really drive home the fact that we are truly singular outside of our work. You know, it's like your imagery is what will draw people in and the aesthetics of it all are what will draw people in, but your words are what will get them to stay. Yeah. You don't really see portfolio sites anymore, you know, like you mm -hmm. used to, right? Like I remember a lot of the you know, big name photographers that I used to follow, they really just had, I mean, it was like a, it was a site with pretty much just images, you know, and yep. it was kind of, they're all collaged together. Right. And you don't see that as much anymore. And I think in part, because there's a better way to do it, right? Like we, we can provide an online experience that is not necessarily the same as an in-person experience as if you walked into a store, but mm -hmm. to a certain extent, there's a better way to do it online now. And I think that copy is something that really can move people. So, Yes, somebody might just see your work on Instagram or something like that, and that might be all they need to book you, whatever, you know, whatever it is. I'm not saying that that never happens, but I do mm -hmm. think copy is uh, super powerful and shouldn't be overlooked. I do want to start getting towards people who they just don't even really know where to start. You know, maybe people like me who's like, I even feel pretty comfortable writing, but it's like, oh, when I have to write about myself or my business, that's harder, you know, one, because I don't want to be like, 
even like complimenting yourself, right? It's kind of a awkward thing <laughs> to do. But where should people even start? I think there's things that people, they're like, oh, I want this to be part of my brand, but they don't really know how to connect it back to their business. You know, I think mm-hmm. like the example that Chris and I used to joke around about a lot was like, people who want Chick-fil-A to be part of their brand. You know, it's like, <laughs> I really like Chick-fil-A. And it's like, well, like explain to me how that, that boosts your brand. Not saying that it can't, but mm-hmm. like explain to me how that, how that does. So like, where should people get started and what should they be doing to make sure that it's actually connected to what it is that they do? Yeah. I love Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't yet had breakfast this morning. <laughs> right. It's a lot earlier for you than it is, yeah. than it is for us. Yeah. We, we just got Chick-fil-A in the Northwest about five years ago, maybe less. So I want yeah. Chick-fil-A to be part of my brand too. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Dark times. But to answer the question, so as far as like where to start, I would say if you were attempting you know, to do it yourself, well, first off, I'm always going to say like go to a copywriter first. Sure. But <laughs> if you want to start yourself, I always find as a writer that it's much easier to have sort of a deliverable, like an actual piece that I'm sort of channeling myself in writing into, whether it be a website, a page of a website, a caption, whatever it might be. I want the writing that you do for yourself as you're getting your feet wet to feel like like you are channeling it into something that you could someday use. Just having that sort of end destination in mind, I think would be really helpful. And it would be hard for me to just be like, to just stare at like, like an empty document with a blinking cursor. I'd be like, so where do I start? So have sort of an end destination in mind. And because we're writing about ourselves, let's start with the obvious choice, I think, which would be like an about page on a website. Mm -hmm. So let's write for that. And starting there, by having that deliverable, by having that piece that it will ultimately, this writing will become, it will then help you make some choices. So when I write an about page, I know that it's ultimately going to be read by a client or a potential client. So that helps me now eliminate some things that maybe I would have written about if I were writing the first chapter in a novel, maybe, and know instead that anything that's on my website has to connect back to my ideal client's experience and journey somehow. So now that gives me a great starting point. And any sort of website page that I'm going to write, I want to think about how it can connect to my ideal client before I even start to talk about myself. And I know that like, again, the mention of ideal client, it just comes up so often in marketing and in your work, Davey, and mine. It's like, I'm sure people are like sick of hearing it, but really like it all does come back to this. We want to move people. We want people to know that they will leave us feeling transformed. I can't say that enough. So if I'm writing an about page, even if it's about me, let's start with the client. So I want something that is going to agitate a pain point that my client is experiencing as it relates to my expertise. And because we're talking about sales copy with soul, sometimes it can feel a little soulless to write about people's pain. There's this movement that's been kind of building about like trauma-informed entrepreneurship and marketing, which is essentially 
kind of shuffling up this idea of agitating pain points and instead shifting the perspective to not agitating pain points, but amplifying what somebody really wants instead. So Mm. let's take that perspective. If they're looking for a wedding photographer, I know that they really want, let me just pull something out of thin air. Like they want wedding photographs that don't look like everybody else's. So I'm going to start with an opener that kind of says something along the lines of like, because you're here, I already know that you're after wedding photography that hits different or wedding photography that's built different. Hmm. And then how am I going to develop out that dream a little bit more? And sometimes I think with copy, when we're trying to resonate with the reader, we think that we have to really sink into their minds in a way that is indirect when really it can be as simple as just describing what we already know about the client, which is you're after wedding photography that's different. You want it to be beautiful enough that it's worthy of a permanent place on the feed, as well as generations down the line when your grandkids are looking at that wedding album, something along those lines. And then just keep describing like what the ideal client is really wanting. Like it can be that simple. And I think that research can really benefit you in this regard. Like don't be afraid to go out and ask your ideal clients, like, what do you have to lose? Like reach out to them and say, I would love to work with somebody like you someday. Can you tell me your thoughts on offer A, offer B, offer C, whatever it might be? Really, like you don't have to speculate about what your ideal client wants if you just ask them. It can be that easy. And it's a really great way to confirm that you are on the right track as well, especially when we have to speculate a little bit about what they want. I think that's really helpful for those of us who we are maybe not our own ideal client. It, I can't state the importance of researching them enough. Like really ensure that because you're describing where they are now and where they want to go, you had better damn well know where they are now and where they want to go. So all of that being said, how can we pivot that to write now about ourselves? Really, we can talk about what we will do to make our ideal client's dreams come true and then pivoting it to say like, now that is where I come in. Or it turns out that's my specialty. Now we have created that pivot point to talk about ourselves and do it in a way that feels organic. Now that we know we have our clients sort of hooked, like we've given them a reason to care, like we're talking about them. As much as our clients you know, want to know who we are, they also kind of want to know what's in it for them. So even when we're writing in an about page and it feels like a page that should at its core be about us, We do need to link it to our client's experience, whether it's shared values or the fact that we are the ones who will make their dreams come true. There are many different ways that you can talk about yourself, but in a way that you're not wasting breath because your client doesn't care yet. And now that you've come to the point of talking about yourself, you can really feel free to Talk about your experience, where you studied, but also that's where that Chick-fil-A moment might come in. When I'm not behind the camera, you can find me getting a spicy deluxe at Chick-fil-A with a Sunjoy. 
and a soft serve or something. I would say to address Chick-fil-A to kind of tie that one up. <laughs> like that can't, I don't see Chick-fil-A being like the pillar of a brand, but it can be like a fun detail about you to sort of mention just off the cuff to after you have really done all that legwork to find common ground with your ideal client, to show that you understand them, to show that you've done the homework, the Chick-fil-A moment might be what tips them over the edge finally. Like, all right, I was looking for one more thing and the Chick-fil-A was it for me. <laughs> that could be just one last fun detail to finally reel them in. Yeah. Krista really sells herself short when it comes to copy, you know? I mean, being a designer, she usually wants little to do with actually writing copy, but for our templates, she has to, to a certain extent. Yeah. But she really does, I think, a good job making subtle references to something like that, which wouldn't be the pillar of a brand, right? But it's sort of a tip of the hat so that people who know will know, right? You know, so <laughs> one of our new templates I'm thinking about, we have a bunch of new templates dropping tomorrow, actually. And oh, one of nice. them has a couple Ted Lasso, like very subtle Ted Lasso yes. references throughout it, you know? And so it's one of those things where it's like, you could probably, if you've never watched Ted Lasso before, you'd probably read through it and, and the copy would just make sense. But if you've mm -hmm. seen Ted Lasso before, you'll be like, okay, I see, you know, I see what she did there. And I feel like she's really good at that. I think sometimes the problems come in where somebody tries to make something like that maybe a pillar of their brand. It takes this inordinate place in sort of their overall brand. But it seemed like you were maybe alluding to some sort of formula for, you know, writing sales copy. Is there a, a formula that people could follow in writing sales copy, especially if they're trying to reach maybe higher end clients? I find that the formula comes into play when it comes to things like website and sales page. It's easy to align with a formula there because we've now come to expect a certain type of pace and cadence to things like that. Mm -hmm. And the formula helps with ensuring everything is communicated that we want to and that it doesn't carry on too long because we know that people, they can stand reading long form copy. So just copy that's longer in length. But people are not going to tolerate boring copy. And so a formula like that on a, on a website or a sales page, a lot of like those bigger sort of uh, pieces of copy, yes, they definitely follow a formula. And loosely, that formula really looks like having a really just captivating headline at the open of oh, any sort of web page. Captivating headline, a subheadline that kind of expands on that further and either drives forward the narrative that you were opening that headline with, or it expands further on, this is who I am. And then I would just build out into some body text, again, really describing the ideal client's current reality, taking that approach to agitate where they are now and how it might not be where they want to be, or on the same token, agitating some of the things that we know they have identified that they don't want. And I see that one coming into play a lot for wedding photographers, because a lot of times when clients come to wedding photographers, they don't necessarily have like a pain point. It's more of like, I know now what I don't want. And you can kind of restate that for them. Like, you don't, you know, you don't want this. And by stating that I'm kind of painting a picture of what it is that you do want instead. So just really, really client-centric copy. 
building out to sort of the reveal, which is you or your offer or whatever it is that you have to share. And then always providing direction, calls to action for what they should do next. You could probably speak to this more than anyone, but online behavior, people really love to be told what to do. Don't leave them questioning because that's when people get confused and they bounce. So that's a very, very high level overview of a formula that I would take on a web page. But as far as a lot of other writing that we might do a bit more regularly than writing out like a full on web page, whether it's on newsletters or captions, I really like to take those opportunities to just kind of like free write. Taking on similar approaches where I'm going to be saying to other people and their experience first before I would ever talk about myself. I think that just should be applied really broadly across all the writing that you do. You have to give people a reason to care. You have to give them the what is in it for me factor. So speak to their experience first or a shared experience that you have. That's a really great opportunity to easily and organically pivot to talk about yourself. I find that the formula really comes into play with the bigger copywriting pieces, website, sales page, but then you have a little bit more freedom and room to play with some some of the more regular bits of writing that you would do like newsletters or captions. Ideal high-end clients though, let's talk about that one. Everybody wants to elevate and I find that This is something that I am still kind of like developing my thoughts and opinion on as a writer, because this is what people come to me for when they invest in my services. This is what they want to do. They want to elevate so that they can reach a higher end client. And I'm kind of trying to distill like what I've learned. So just know that this is still developing for me and it has totally subject to change, like a lot of marketing things out there. But what I've learned is that Design is huge when it comes to landing high-end clients. Design is huge. You will find that copy that attracts a higher-end client is a little bit more on the sparse side. So there isn't quite as much copy because really powerful imagery comes into play with that too. It's this perfect balance of like, beautiful, intuitive design that feels high-end. And you could probably speak to the aesthetic of a high-end design. It's, I think it's a lot of like minimalism and intuitive things, but also just really strong imagery and copy that is just so. I don't know how else to put it, but it's like, it's just, it's just understated enough. A couple of other more less nebulous things to attract a high-end client with your copy. Word choice is huge. Hmm. So finding ways to say things that have been said a million bazillion times, finding new ways to say that, which means cracking open the thesaurus here and there. I think that the most common offenders are like authentic, beautiful, and special. Those are words that I hear a lot. And I'm like, we can do better. (laughs) We can do better. And also what I have found with attracting the high-end client is so just driving home that idea of transformation. Because what we know about high-end clientele is that for what a lot of us want, we, we want them to be in a position where money is no object, which means they have more to invest in us. And when money is no object, they could not care less 
about the actual bullet points, the deliverables of our offer. They want to know how they will be transformed as a result of working with us. They want to know what experience we're going to bring. And I have found that a really, just a really great example, a really great brand out in the wild that I have come to again and again for what a high-end brand looks like for high-end clientele just in the wild is Amon Resorts. So they do, they're a worldwide chain of hotels and resorts that are really driven home by the environment that they're in. So Amon Giri is the resort in Utah that is in like built into the Red Rock Canyon. Mm. There's another one in Wyoming as well, but just there are resorts all over the world. And the reason that I thought of them was because I just tried to think to myself, like what brand out there to me is like the epitome of luxury. And for me, it was the Amon Resorts. And if you go to their website, I think it's just amon.com, you'll see a lot of this in action, just really powerful, stunning visuals, copy that is very light, but very intentional and powerful in the story building element. You never once catch them talking about things like the thread count on their sheets because sure. people don't care. They like, like they do care, you know, that's why they're spending $5,000 a night. But they know that that will be taken care of already because simply by virtue of the fact that, you know, it's five grand a night, of course, Mm -hmm. but they want to know more instead about like how this will help them feel more connected with the earth and with themselves. And that's the story. That's the transformation story that is happening. That is really what is making people swipe, you know, multi five figures for a hotel stay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and a few things I think that you mentioned that I wanted to touch on a bit. One, I definitely think for the creative space, you know, the more high end, especially in the wedding industry websites that I'm thinking of do have more of an editorial look. It's not these long sales pages, right? There is maybe a little bit more of a focus on the imagery. There's also uh, probably a lot of things in play in the background too. I think when it comes to booking high end clients, you know, A good network, I think, comes into play, especially in the wedding industry for sure. But then in other industries you have, like in coaching, for instance, you might find very few actual images and a very long, wordy sales page, you know, for something like that. If you're booking, if you're like a a coach and you're booking like high ticket seats Mm -hmm. to a mastermind or, or whatnot, right? So a little bit industry specific, but definitely in like the creative industry the websites I'm thinking of, some of the ones that we've done have more of this editorial feel to them. Before we end here, as we're running out of time, I do want to ask, how do you balance that tension between something that's like high converting and pulling on the strings that we need to pull in order to book a client or sell a product or whatever, but then also being engaging and fun, showing off your personality as well? Personally, I really rely on my intuition, but also... I think that's sometimes the fear, and I touched on this briefly before, the fear is I don't want to write just a ton because I know that people are unlikely to read it nowadays. Mm. And that's true, but I like to think that we should write to the point of like 100% clarity, regardless of how long that is. 
And I mean, of course, there's boundaries there too. Like, like don't let it be a novel, right? <laughs> but like, don't necessarily let that fear of too much copy hold you back because the people who have seen enough, they will have made their choice. And the people who need a little bit more information, a little bit more insight, they will keep reading. So that extra length that you might have been afraid of, that you might have wanted to hold back on, now you might have somebody out there who's not getting what they need in order to make what they feel is an informed choice. So I always like to say, you know, people will stick around and read a long form copy if that's what they need in order to make the choice to convert or not, but they don't want to read boring copy. So I like to think that you are just being of service when you can write more copy and those who don't need it don't and those who will will just knowing how people approach making purchases online. Basically, you have folks who know right away that you are for them and then you have others who are a little bit more cautious. But also, I think that sometimes to kind of address your question in another way, Sometimes, especially creative types, I think, can feel anxious about the idea of selling because my big philosophy is that you don't have to sell your soul in order to sell well. And you can absolutely do it by viewing it less as like a hard sell and instead viewing it as an invitation for somebody to come along on a journey. It's all about the perspective and the energy of which you approach something like writing for yourself. You know, at the end of the day, you write it with the hope that people will join you on a journey. But if they don't, that's okay too. They're going to find the person who is best for them instead. And for me, it's all about approaching your writing with that perspective of not as a sale to be made, but as an invitation to be taken. I find that that really removes a lot of that pressure off of our own shoulders that is often self-imposed when it comes to sure. selling. That's one of the biggest one of the biggest things that I can share. And I understand that perspective shifts like that take time, but just a couple of things that you can put into play immediately are just approaching your writing and any sort of selling that you have to do with just a listening ear, wanting to be of service rather than to open wallets necessarily. Just have that purity of intent and the people who are meant to find you, they absolutely will because they will sense that energy in what you've written. I really believe that. Mindset shifts do take do take time. But I also I would encourage people to, you know, next time they're buying a product or a service or they're investigating a product or service that they're thinking about purchasing, think about just that entire process. I'm thinking about the last time we bought a car trying to explain to the car salesman like what what it is that we need. And it was kind of like this apathetic response of like, well, you know, this one could do it. And, you know, maybe this one. <laughs> it's like, well, which one do you feel like is better? You know, fits fits my need. And, you know, and that's not what I what I want, right? Like we don't want when we're thinking through making a purchase, certainly high ticket purchases, we don't want someone to be like, well, you know, this is this could work and that could work and whatnot. We want somebody to sell to us. That helped me shift my mindset a little bit around selling. It is interesting how much of a mindset it really is, you know, like how much of a mindset or how much of an obstacle mindset can be for sure. 
But before we wrap up, where can people follow along? Where can people access the resources that you have available? I know you have a number of resources available at your website, which we will, of course, link to in the show notes. But where can people reach out if they want to work with you or learn more? Yeah, of course. So my website is oliviacarsonwrites.com. And on Instagram, I'm at Olivia Carson. So you can kind of see how I write captions in a bit more of a free-flowing organic sort of way. I also shared copywriting tips there as well. But on my website, you can find resources under the resources tab, of course. I have a lot of different things available to you. Instagram captions, if you need some help sort of getting those together for your own content plan, I offer templates, copy and paste captions as well. If you just really need someone to do it for you for a day, email subject line, swipe copy. I've got a lot of different things to help you. But you can also go to my website and find me for one-to-one work as well. So if you need a brand or website writing done, if you need more like launch copy done, I love to write sales pages, which we were talking about today. Lots of different things. And then I also have a membership as well called Wordsmiths for Wellness, where we talk about a lot of those things like mindset shifting in that membership comes with a lot of things. I do done for you Instagram captions. We have guest experts come in and talk to us about how we can write for ourselves with soul. And we can do it that way by prioritizing our mental health and our headspace first. It's very, very fun. And yeah, I have a discount code as well for the membership. It's Brands That Book. And the details of that coupon are in the show notes, hopefully. They will, they will be. be yep. <laughs> and same for one-to-one copywriting work as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for joining us. Really appreciate it. I'd highly encourage you if you are investigating a, well, really any sort of project that involves words to go check out Olivia and her work. And like I said, all of that will be in the show notes. Thanks again, Olivia. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to DeviantCrista.com. 